Feeling stressed lately? Sluggish? Having trouble sleeping and thinking about your never-ending to-do list? It happens to the best of us, but we've got an insider secret for you to help you live your healthiest life and stress a little less this year. Pair the award-winning, gut-nourishing, Just Thrive probiotic with the stress-busting, mood-uplifting power of Just Calm. These two products are game changers in helping you take control of your mental health and your overall health. They have been part of my daily routine for months, but you have to give them time to work. There is no magic overnight pill, even though we all wish there were. But trust me, these two products will help you live your best life. Just Thrive Probiotic is like a little gardener of your gut, safely eliminating bad bacteria and replenishing the good, and it actually produces antioxidants too. It can be opened and sprinkled into any food or drink, so it's a perfect probiotic for the whole family. And for next-level stress-busting mood support, add in Just Calm. This product has been proven to do the almost unimaginable. Quickly promote a healthy response to everyday stress, encourage a steady, serene, and balanced mood, drive mental clarity, focus, and alertness, and even support great energy and optimal sleep. This is true stress management built for our modern-day stress-filled world. Just Thrive Probiotics have more clinical research than just about anyone else in the industry. No fake marketing, no claims, just real proven results. Every product is natural and they have a money-back guarantee. What do you have to lose? To learn about this groundbreaking company, don't miss episode 1174, where I chatted with Tina, the CEO and co-founder. If you're ready to up your wellness game and beat bloat, digestive issues, stress, and more, you can get 15% off site-wide at justthrivehealth.com with promo code NATSAV15. That's N-A-T-S-A-V-15. While you're there, check out all their other research-based products for optimal gut and immune health. Just Thrive is your one-stop wellness shop. There's something for everyone, a probiotic for pets, vitamins for bone and heart health, and even a product to help with recurring UTIs, all with a bottom-of-the-bottle guarantee. Take control of your health this year with Just Thrive. Are you in perimenopause or menopause and have questions? My co-host, Andrea Donsky, has a podcast called Menopause Reimagined, where she answers your questions about this phase of life. So stay tuned at the end, where I will share five minutes of her amazing podcast, and there will be a link in the show notes where you can go and listen to the whole episode. Andrea is brilliant, and she has worked so hard and knows her stuff, so be sure to check out Menopause Reimagined after this episode of Health Power. Thanks. If you've listened to the show, you know I've talked about Ayurveda before, and I'm very excited to have back on the program the fantastic Dr. Colreet Chaudhry. She's going to share three Ayurvedic gut-mind actions that can spontaneously help improve mood this season. We're going to be looking inward at our inner dialogue. We're going to be looking at herbs that help. We're going to be looking at meditation and mantras and more. So Dr. Colreet Chaudhry, MD, is a neurologist, neuroscientist, and an internationally recognized expert in the ancient practice of Ayurvedic medicine. As I mentioned, she is the author of The Prime and Sound Medicine. She's a pioneer in the field of integrative medicine and is a highly sought-after speaker, researcher, and advisor for Healthy Directions. She is a former director of Wellspring Health in Scripps Memorial Hospital, where she successfully combined conventional treatments with Ayurvedic practices of detoxification, diet, and lifestyle management to help patients effectively manage chronic neurological disorders such as multiple sclerosis, Parkinson's disease, 
and migraine headaches. Her program was so successful that it is now used for a wide range of health concerns, including weight issues and chronic disease. So before we jump in, and I'm sure people who've listened to the show are familiar, but I get new listeners all the time. So tell us a little bit about Ayurveda. Ayurveda, even though it has, you know, a foreign name to it, it was really just the original lifestyle medicine. And I think more and more people are waking up nowadays to the realization that um, the solution's not in a pill that you actually do have to change the way that you are eating and the way that you are living in order to maintain health. And that sometimes prescription medications can be a bridge as we make those changes, but they're really not a long-term solution. And so Ayurveda had just originally approached health that way. You know, it just basically said, hey, listen, um, food is a huge part of our overall health. The gut is the cornerstone of health. There's this really significant connection between the gut and the brain that determines your overall mental and physical well-being. And so it's a lot of kind of the common sense stuff that for some reason we have to prove (laughs) to believe. (laughs) Like it wasn't enough that our grandparents and great grandparents were doing it and, you know, lived essentially healthier than many of us do now. That wasn't enough. Um, but that somehow when we put it to the test of science, we say, oh, okay, yes, this makes sense. But that's essentially what Ayurveda has been saying for thousands and thousands of years. Look at the way you're eating, look at the way you're living, and you will understand why you have disease or why you are living healthfully. Yes. And part of it is you have the three types. And so you want to make sure that you're doing the right things. Just tell us a little bit about that. Absolutely. So one of the fundamental principles of Ayurveda, in addition to the fact that food is medicine, is this whole concept of the doshas. And these are just your mind, body type. And, you know, I always tell people, look, your car has a manual, your appliances have a manual. Like, why would we not come with some kind of instructions? We're the most complex machinery placed on the planet. Why would we not have like some kind of guidelines? And the three doshas essentially just help you to choose the foods and the lifestyle that are balancing for you. It's it, it's like when you learn your dosha, it's like somebody finally takes all the guesswork out of being you and you suddenly make sense. And you, you know how to run your life in a way that you're feeling well. That's That's really all it is. Yeah, that's great. I would definitely like that. And I did a show where I learned, I think I'm a combination of two. So you can be more than just one. Okay. Yeah. So most people are a combination, but at given times, one may be more dominant. Um, for example, your dosha will change with the season because your dosha is a dynamic thing. It's interacting with your environment. And so most of us, you know, I would say around 70 to 80% have more than one dosha. And so different times of the years, one may be more predominant and it's It has to do with the way that we interact with our environment. And, you know, I tell people, like, don't try to memorize things about a dosha. Try to, like, befriend it. So if you think of, like, your best friend, you don't have to memorize things about your best friend. You have a general feeling of who she is or who he is because it's you've had a relationship with that person. And so with the doshas, the same thing, like gain a relationship with the doshas and you'll be able to easily recognize their characteristics in yourself, in other people, as well as in nature. Let's jump into the three practices today. 
The first one, I think the, the one where you could turn to your kitchen easily, which I always recommend people do to realize that your kitchen is nature's pharmacy, is my prime tea. Um, and it's so simple. It's just cumin, coriander, and fennel seeds. So use the seeds of each one, about half a teaspoon of each in about four to five cups of water and just boil for five to 10 minutes. And I have a story about this recently. So we just visited my um, my husband's family. So my in-laws who live in Pennsylvania, some of the sweetest people. Oh, I just, nice. I love Pennsylvanians. I just feel like they're just salt of the earth, you know, people. Um, and my father-in-law was actually struggling with diabetes. And he said, hey, listen, I really want to get this under control. I want to get off the medications. And so the first thing I did is I just simply started him on this prime tea. In less than a week, we had to reduce one of his diabetes medications because his blood sugars went from being over 200 to actually hitting points in the day where he was below 100, something that he hadn't, he hadn't even experienced for many, many years. And that was just with the prime tea. And he was like, how is this possible? I said, because this tea addresses gut health and it helps to detoxify your body of all of those inflammatory chemicals that are actually making us sick, independent of whatever the condition is. And so, you know, after after just seeing his results on it, I just, I was like, you know, what greater gift could I have given to him as a daughter-in-law than to help in just one simple step have such a huge impact on his health? That's amazing. Tell us what's in that tea again. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> I'm getting cumin, my pen. Yeah, cumin seeds coriander seeds and fennel seeds and just a half a teaspoon of each in four to five cups of water boil it for about five to ten minutes strain out the seeds and just drink it all day long now he loved it so much that instead of just doing a liter he was doing like two liters a day because he was just so happy that you know he wasn't having pain at night his blood sugars were coming down like you know and in your late 60s it's not it's not often that you do something that has such a dramatic effect in such a short period of time and something that was so simple and inexpensive, you know, he could just go straight to the grocery store and, and buy it immediately. The reason why I choose the ingredients in the prime tea is they're tridoshic. So any That's of the doshas can do it. Yeah. All, anybody can do it. The one that he's doing, you've got to be careful if you're the pitha dosha. And so I try to do things that are tridoshic. Right. I'm so glad you mentioned that because my first thought was, well, is this okay for everyone? Mm -hmm. The prime tea? Absolutely. Absolutely. And my second favorite recommendation is the same. It's it's tridoshic. It's good for everybody. Um, and that is taking trifla, you know, and those are just three What's berries. That? Oh, you've got, okay. This is, oh my goodness. Okay. So it's T-R-I-P-H-A-L-A. You must do this. I mean, given how dedicated you are to your health, this is like one of those things that, you know, I, I've been saying this for now 20 years. Um, you know, if, if there was one supplement that I could take on a deserted island, I don't know why I'm on a deserted island, but if I'm there, if one supplement, it would be Trifla because it really just revolutionizes your gut and anything that clears your gut to this extent, it clears your mind, it clears everything. And it's been so much fun watching my patients over the years, just with these like first two simple steps, see how much better they feel. 
And what I did, you might be interested in this. What I did is I made my own um, brand of Trifla called Veda Rescue, where I incorporated a soil-based probiotic because we don't get enough soil-based, you know, um, bacteria. So it's a soil-based spore probiotic, meaning it's it's the spore form, which is more resilient. And I coupled that with a postbiotic. So a postbiotic is a type of organism that actually feeds your probiotic. So even within your gut, you know, they're, they're feeding it directly independent of what you're doing. They're feeding it. And so I coupled those two with Trifla and that's why I called it Veda Rescue because it just rescues you from modern life. And I'll tell you, I have taken these individually before, but somehow combining these three ingredients, the probiotic, especially a soil-based probiotic with Trifla and a postbiotic, it took my whole health and, and energy to the next level. And so I was like, I knew this was a good idea. I never had an opportunity to, <laughs> you know, to prove it. But see, and, and that's what I mean is when you do those core things for your gut, because the Trifla will help to heal the gut mucosa, and then you put in the right the right guys, it's just what we call like miracles happen. And they're really not miracles. They're just the reflection of a healthy gut. Yeah, well, I'm going to have to try that. That sounds awesome. I know that there was some other herbs that you also like. Ashwagandha, I've heard about. Brahmi sounds familiar. I don't know as much about that one. People don't know as much about Brahmi, but they should know it as well as ashwagandha. And really, this these four things... This is my brain gut reset program. This is what I would start my neurological patients on because I knew if I address both the gut and brain health simultaneously that they were going to do better. And so it, it all started with my neurological patients. And of course, it expanded from there to everything under the sun because they would refer their brother, their mother, their father-in-law, you know, to come and see me to see if this would help them. And so ashwagandha, many people know about because it helps to reduce your brain and body's response to stress. And there's just, there's nobody in modern life that's not living under a significant amount of stress. But Brahmi, Brahmi is a lesser known supplement um, in the West. Of course, it's very, very well known. Um, in Ayurvedic medicine. And Brahmi is one of the herbs that falls under the category of brain tonics. Now, this label of brain tonics irked me beyond imagination as a neurologist because I was like, <laughs> what the heck is a brain tonic? Why does this word exist? Because I'm so accustomed to looking at individual, you know, medications having individual properties on neurotransmitters. And so here's this brain tonic. And it took me, I feel like it took me several years to really understand what a brain tonic is. And a brain tonic isn't trying to go in and have a specific effect. It's going in to see what does your brain need and it helps to create the appropriate shifts based on your unique needs. Something that I never saw as a neurologist in, in pharmaceuticals. So what Brahmi does is it goes in and it just helps to balance overall neurochemistry. And that's why it's used in so many neurological conditions, but it's also used in different types of addictions. Because again, the way that addictions happen are by throwing off your brain chemistry. So the reason why this became one of my go-to herbs along with ashwagandha trifla and the prime tea is I realized that most of my patients, even when I told them what they needed to eat, they couldn't switch their foods because of the food addictions. 
And so when I added Brahmi, in addition to the benefits, you know, to either their MS or Parkinson's disease or their seizures, um, you know, so in addition to their core neurological issues, what I saw was that the food addictions were getting broken up and they were able to make the choices that were right for them much easier. So I kind of wrap all of this together because it addressed the core functional unit between the brain and gut, which is responsible for all health. And of course, you know, one of the spontaneous results of this was, you know, not only weight loss, which was very, very common. Most of my patients lose weight because when you reset the system, you just begin to lose weight. Um, but it also improved their mood. You know, it was just instant that, hey, I'm feeling better. And it's because that connection between the gut and brain is so important for overall mood. Yeah, it definitely is. Some other advice, which I love, for example, switching inner dialogue. Talk to us about that. Yes. So, you know, here's the thing. You need some basic biology first, right? And that's why I like starting with the body. Like, okay, let's get this tea in you. Let's get these supplements in you. Because if if it's a really steep incline to those happier thoughts, then you're, you're never going to really get there. And so I like making it easier. I like just kind of leveling off the playing field and saying, all right, your, your biology is getting in the way of you experiencing more joy and happiness in your life. So then you start to do this and now you're like pooping like a rock star, you know, and you're reaching for your prime tea and all that inflammation is going away. And like already your brain is starting to function differently. You know, the ashwagandha and Brahmi are kicking in. So once people are doing this, this is where I like taking neurophysiology to the next level. So there are certain times of the day where your brain becomes really, really susceptible to programming. You know, you're almost in, well, you are actually, you're in a hypnotic state. And this is just understanding brain physiology. Your brain waves when you're sleeping are not the same as when you're awake. They're not the same as when you're meditating, that they shift for different activities. So there's this beautiful sweet spot right when you wake up and right as you're going to sleep where you go into this hypnotic state, okay? And so most of us, you know, when we wake up, the first thing we might be thinking is like, ah, oh, all right, what do I have to do? Okay, get the kids out of bed, you know, or I've got a, what's my to-do list today? Or, you know, some negative thought. And now you're actually programming your brain in those moments, even though it's just the first few minutes, you're programming your brain into that response of, I live a stressful life and I never have enough time. I never have enough energy. And same thing happens when we're going to sleep. Most of us, by the time we're going to sleep, you know, we might be going over some of the bad things that happened or relaying some information maybe to our partner of some of the negative things. And that's misusing those magical times of the day. So those first moments, you just lift off five things that you're grateful for. Just five things in your life that you are so happy to have. And in the beginning, you might start listing off like, you know, the big things like, okay, I have a home or I have food or, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that I have children, even though they drive us nuts sometimes. Like, I'm really grateful to have them. You know, <laughs> I have a job, like just listing off the big things. What happens over time, I've noticed is you start becoming more and more grateful, like for the breath that is going in and out of your lungs for the sun. Like, have you ever even thought how amazing it is that we have the sun? 
you know, or just for the flowers or for the birds that are, you know, chirping when I wake up. You just start your day like that. And what it does is it starts to reprogram your brain for a new frequency throughout the day. And so same thing happens when you go to sleep, you know, before you fall asleep, like switch the dialogue and just what were five things that you were grateful for in your day? And you'll be surprised because oftentimes we tend to look at the things that didn't go wrong, but I feel like it's at least a ratio of like one to five, one thing that didn't go wrong for five things that actually did. And we focus on that one. And so what were five things that went really, really well that day? And as you do that, you go to bed again with a different brain frequency. So you're starting your day with a different brain frequency, ending your day with a different brain frequency. And this impacts the way that your biochemistry is, is basically flowing through their day. And even more importantly, during the night when your body is regenerating. Oh my gosh, that's such great advice. I'm going to put that into practice. I usually do the thing in the morning. I hadn't thought about doing it at night. So I absolutely love that. Talk to us a little bit about meditation and mantras. Okay, well, first of all, let's make sure that everybody understands the difference between a mantra and affirmation. So there are two totally different things. Now, they both have different values. And so I don't want to discourage you from, from doing them, but I want to explain to you the, the power of a mantra versus an affirmation. An affirmation is a thought that you are feeding your your mind, okay? It's it's a thought that you're trying to replace, you know, with with a, a more positive thought, you're trying to replace the negative thought with a more positive thought. Okay, that is an affirmation. It's something that um maybe you're really struggling with in your life and so you're showing it to yourself, you know, um at different times of the day or just repeating it. A mantra is different. A mantra inherently doesn't have any meaning. It is a sound. It is a sound of creation. That's why we call it a primordial sound. And so it actually transcends the mind. It goes way beyond the mind and starts to set up a resonant frequency in your mind and in your entire body that shifts thousands and thousands and thousands, I mean, hundreds of thousands of thoughts, because it's essentially just creating a new harmonic for the way that your entire brain is functioning. And so I'm, again, all for affirmations. I don't think there's anything wrong with them. But to me, that's like a hard way of approaching this. Whereas a mantra is a global reset button. An affirmation is like a local reset button. Now you can still do affirmations, but what you'll notice is once you start doing a mantra meditation practice, your affirmations are becoming more powerful because your brain as a whole is becoming fertile soil for these positive thoughts. It's like looking for those positive thoughts. And so I guess you could say mantra is kind of like manure for the mind in the sense that, you know, good things grow, but it's so much more powerful than just a single affirmation because of the global impact it has on the brain. So would you recommend that when people are doing meditation, they, they choose a mantra to do it versus just breathing? So I think it, it, both are really important. And it's important to understand that breath work or pranayama was traditionally done 
before meditation to prepare the mind for mantra meditation. So it's not really that they're separate things. Um, they're not the same things, but one prepares your brain for the next. So for people who really struggle with the concept of meditation or don't know how to prepare their mind, and I think people oftentimes judge their meditation practices too harshly. They think like they've got to just go in and they're like, you know, completely blissed out. I'm like, no, that is not how meditation works. Meditation is like a shower or a bath for your brain. And so oftentimes in the beginning, you have tons of thoughts coming up, tons of emotions coming up. That's totally fine. Your brain's just getting cleaned. But let's say that the anxiety is so high or the discomfort is so high and even sitting quietly that you need some help in preparing for, you know, your meditation practice. That's where I'll recommend like doing a breath meditation first. And there's many, many different types, but do that for, you know, five to 10 minutes and then enter into a mantra meditation practice because you'll go much, much deeper. So I've been practicing a meditation now for almost 40 years. It'll actually be 40 years this coming year. Did you start when you were like two? Wait a second. <laughs> I, I started when I was nine years old. And so I started really young. But in all of those years, I've always done a um, five to 10 minute breath work before the meditation because it prepares it makes your brain susceptible we were talking about kind of that those those states of relaxation that are almost like hypnotic states it gets your brain into that state of relaxation so that when you drop that primordial sound that essentially just represents health well-being peace joy that's the frequency it just drops it in and it goes in very, very deeply and it starts to create a global shift in your brain. So when I was around eight, my mom took me and my brother and sister to this TM place. Yeah, that's what I learned at nine years old. To me, I didn't get it at all. The woman's like, just go in your room and say this mantra. But then she scared me. She's like, don't ever tell anybody. And it was kind of weird because like to me, you don't tell kids like that because like secrets and sure, stuff. And I didn't age. understand. And sure. so I, my brother and I, I don't know, we must have been in our 30s or 40s. And we were like, do you remember your mantra? Yeah, I'm not telling. I'll tell you. You tell me. Count to three. Yeah. You know, is that still something that you're not supposed to share what it is? It depends. It depends on how you get the mantra. So the reason why that comes about, and I do agree that children need to have this explained more thoroughly. And luckily, because I was part of that, you know, the Indian tradition, I understood it. I had a, I, I had a basis for understanding rather than just being like, you know, some stranger telling you, don't tell your parents. Yeah. And my mom would be like, go to your room and meditate. And I'm like, I don't know how to do that. I don't yeah. know what I'm doing, and I'm scared. <laughs> I'm anyway, scared because I'm not supposed to tell anybody. The reason why they say that is in in certain spiritual lineages, that is part of the lineage is to you know give from like the teacher to the, the student, and the way that you honor what is being given is not to share it because those mantras are energized specifically for the receiver. And so you're getting an energized mantra. That's a very different thing from just like kind of going online and getting a mantra. Now, the mantras that I share, you know, in my book, Sound Medicine, I, I give many, many different mantras. And that's because I'm not energizing them in any way. I'm just simply sharing them 
with you that, hey, these are some well-known mantras if you want to try them. But it's not that there's, you know, a specific transference of energy from me to you as I give this to you. I'm giving it. And it doesn't mean that they're, you know, not effective. It's just that when somebody actually charges a mantra, um, it has kind of a different uh, power to it. So an, an analogy would be the more you do a mantra, you know, the stronger it becomes. And so oftentimes when you're getting like a charged mantra, it's as though you've already done the mantra a hundred thousand times or a million times. So my spiritual teacher, for example, gave certain mantras that I share in the book, specifically the chakra mantra. There's another mantra, Om Namunarayani, that she's been charging for the entire planet you know, for many, many, many years. And so that is her gift, you know, to the entire planet. But she will sometimes give me a specific mantra for my individual journey, you know, something that she's trying to, um, you know, carve out in terms of, of my path in life. And those I wouldn't share. That is something that she's giving specifically to me. And so the intention is for me. And so the power of that vibration, she has concentrated that vibration, you know, specifically for me. And so you could even get, for example, like um, some of the Tia mantras, they're very well-known bija mantras. So they're well-known. It's not that they're, you know, have suddenly been created. They've been around for thousands and thousands of years, but they're just simply being charged so that at the time that you're receiving them, they're kind of like working automatically. It's the difference of like getting a seed, right, of a plant versus getting a full-grown plant that's already producing fruit. When you get those charged mantras, it's like you already have, you know, a tree that's bearing you fruit. Oh, should I use the one that I got when I was eight? I mean, I remember it. Absolutely. If you still remember, use it. And the only mantra, and again, you have to check with your teachers, but the only mantra that I globally recommend to everybody is the chakra mantra because it's just, it's like a bath for your energy fields. Like it's, it's just, it's a mantra that is the bija mantra, the resonant frequency for the major chakras in your systems. So every single day I do that first, well, I do my breath meditation first, you know, and then I do this mantra first because it just opens up all the channels. And so by then I am now ready to use kind of my, the specific mantra that was given to me. And I just kind of drop that in and like, boy, does that go to work. Now, what does that sound like? The chakra mantra? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, I'm happy to share it for your audience right now. So it's a series of sounds. So let me just go ahead and, and repeat them. Hariyom, Namlam, Mamvam, Simram, Vamyam, Yamham, Shivaom, Swaha. And each one of those, isn't it gorgeous? It's just, Beautiful. and it gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And each one of those sounds, um, they, they resonate. They resonate in specific parts of your body. And I can give you um, a handout that explains kind of where the sound is located in the body so you can draw your attention to it. And, you know, the words for each one. And my husband, and I actually made an, a CD just called Chakra Mantra. It's on um, iTunes if people want help in getting it. Um, and it's also available on my, it's going to be available very, very soon on my new website. 
um, as well, just if people need some help. But, you know, it's, it's, it's very easy to do. Um, and the, the more you do it, kind of the more just flow there is, you know, through your body. And I tell people start with five minutes because it really does clear a lot. They're usually very surprised that sound can have such a huge impact. Start with five minutes. As you get comfortable with that, go to 10, then 15, then 20, and just max it out at 20 minutes a day. Just like you don't need to stay in the shower for two hours. You don't need this mantra for two hours. Just max it out at 20 minutes a day. And that's all you need to keep yourself just the the flow, you know, so that you don't get stuck. Now I'm guessing, or at least for someone like me, I would have to be reading these at first. Yeah. At first you're going to read it. No, I did the same. It's not somebody like you, somebody like me. I, I got this mantra after I had been meditating for, you know, over three decades. And, you know, I really was not expecting a big change. Again, this happens when somebody um, has the ability to, you know, charge a mantra, which is, which is what happened with this mantra. It was charged. So as soon as you start doing it, it's so much more powerful than had you, you know, started um, a regular mantra for the first time. This is like, as soon as you do it, it's like, you've done it so many times before your body's responding to it. But I had to look at it. I could not remember the darn thing. It was so frustrating. So I looked at it. I did it out loud. And then naturally, you'll start doing it more quietly. And then after a while, you'll notice that you're just doing it internally. And then you can just close your eyes and do it internally. Now, I've been told that with TM, you have to have a teacher. You can't just start it. Right. Okay. Oh, interesting. So we can't count you as you gave us some good advice on health power. And now we're going to start using mantras or, or how does that work? Like You can use these mantras for TM. They have a very, very specific way of teaching it. And so for the for the TM lineage, you you go with a teacher. Absolutely. For these mantras, the simple instructions that I'm giving you were the simple instructions given to me by my teacher in India. And she just basically said, go ahead and share this with as many people as you possibly can. So when I wrote the book, you know, she said, yes, put this mantra there. And so you have to honor the intention of each lineage. That's what I just say is each lineage has its own specific intentions. And for this mantra, the mantra was intended to be shared with the world to help people to unblock the energies in their body and mind. And so in terms of, you know, needing long-term instruction for this particular mantra, it's not necessary. But, you know, I think it it is wonderful. And um, I'm going to be offering like a free meditation course. You know, it's like a 10 part series. And, you know, it's it's free to the public, just for people who want to learn it, but want some guidance, because it's wonderful to understand, like, oh, okay, when, when I start feeling anxious after doing this meditation, that that's normal, that's actually my brain detoxing. And, you know, just some of the simple things that you may not realize. One of my coworkers um, and good friends, when she started this, she was like, oh, I can't even do this for more than five minutes. I feel like I'm just crawling out of my skin. I was like, well, that's fantastic. It means it's, you actually have resonant frequency with the mantra that your body is responding appropriately to it. And as she continued to do it, she started to notice more and more health benefits because whatever that anxiety and that angst was that was stuck there, it was just simply getting loosened. 
So that's why I, I put together, you know, 10 video meditation series and hopefully I'll have it out in the near future. And it's just free to the, you know, free to the public so that they, they have some basic understanding, some basic guidelines on how to meditate. Now, if you're part of a tradition where they do have specific rules, I say follow those because each lineage has a different intention and you want to honor that intention. Wow, you'll have to come back when these are out. I can't wait to do them. I need all the guidance I can get. My brain is just <laughs> monkey mind all the way. And now I understand that there's new research that was published in the journal Nature Communications that found a link between several types of bacteria in the gut and depressive symptoms. Can you talk to us about these? What we're finally starting to realize in modern medicine is what Ayurveda has been saying all along that, you know, the, the, the gut brain are so important for health and they're actually one functional unit. Now I was saying this 20 years ago, but people were like, what do you even mean? Like, how, how is that possible? The gut's down here, the brain's up here. And then, you know, we started to realize that like most of your serotonin is actually made by your gut flora. It's not made in your brain. It's made outside of your brain. So this gut down here, it's like an ancillary brain. And so different bacteria actually have different impacts on your mental health because they produce different chemicals and neuro and specifically different neurotransmitters. So what we're starting to finally figure out is that we can track certain bacteria and correlate them to specific outcomes with the mind. Okay. And now, of course, in Ayurveda, we've known this for thousands and thousands of years, but finally, there's a scientific language present where we can take these global concepts like, um, you know, as you eat, so shall you think. That's a basic Ayurvedic concept. Okay, well, what does that mean? Well, it means your, your food is going to determine the type of bacteria that grow in your gut, and that will determine the type of thoughts you have because they have such a huge impact on neurochemistry. So these studies are starting to show the mechanics of that. And, you know, the funny thing with studies are the more you look at things, the more you will prove. Like when I first started doing this, people were like, well, do you have any evidence for that? I said, well, no, because they're not looking. It's not that the evidence isn't there. We're not looking. The science, it hasn't been discovered yet. And now suddenly the science of, you know, probiotics and the microbiome is starting to open up. And so because the science is there, we're starting to create studies to look at them. Of course, we're finding the results that, you know, we would expect for anybody who's been, who's been part of any of the ancient traditions who have always said this, that if you want to change the way that you're thinking and you want to change the quality of your mood, start with your gut. Dr. Chaudhry, I always love having you on. We should talk about doing a regular segment because you have such great information that you bring to the show and you're so oh, lovely. Was you. there anything we didn't touch on today that you were hoping we would talk about? No, I think you did a great job. I think we covered everything. Awesome. Well, tell us all the ways we can find you and your wonderful work. And by the way, I need to read your book because you came on with your book. I always read everybody's books. So I'm like, how have I not? Why don't I? I got to get your book and then we can have even more in-depth conversations. <laughs> now, that would be great. And one thing I really enjoy is you are so curious, you know, and so you, you're you asking questions from a, a, a genuine place, an authentic place of, of curiosity. 
So my, my webpage that has um, a lot of my content in terms of my articles that I write on this and where we will eventually have um, the meditation series is just Dr. K. Chaudhary. And that is my webpage on healthy directions where I create my line of Ayurvedic supplements. And so that has been populated with lots and lots and lots of different information. Um, and then my own personal website is Dr. Kulreet Chaudhary. So just my first, my full first name. And I'm just about to change it so that all of the different mantras that I use will be available and, um, more information about, you know, the things I'm doing in taking people to India to actually receive Ayurvedic treatments. All of that will be coming up very, very soon. Oh, you got to come back and talk about that. That's oh, I so would exciting. love to. Let's do it. So that is for Panchakarma. We'll do it. That'll be fun. Nice. Everybody keep coming back to Health Power. Also, be sure to check out Dog Eared if you're a dog fan. Be sure to follow me on social media so you can check out my dogs and all the other stuff that I'm doing at Lisa Davis MPH on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. Rate, review, subscribe. Thanks for listening. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode two of Morphous for Menopause. I am so excited that you are joining Joining us again, my name is Andrea Donsky. I am the co-founder of Morphis. Randy Boyer, my co-host, is away today, but we have a very special guest for you. Like we promised in the last episode, today we have Maria Emeranis, CEO of Morphis. Maria, I am so happy to have you on the show. Our inaugural second episode. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. Tell us about your menopausal journey and why you joined us and why you want to make a difference for women who are listening while they're going through their transition. Yeah, so um, great question. I actually have been on this journey for about five years. I started out just feeling really tired and then all of a sudden my periods were getting really um, heavy and I had anemia and I didn't realize it. And I started fainting. It was interrupting work. I was fainting in boardrooms and not able to do my job. And so I went to the doctor and I got misdiagnosed, unfortunately. Um, I didn't really know what tests to take. I just trusted my doctor implicitly. And um, it turns out they weren't as well trained as, you know, I was hoping for. So um, I ended up getting a partial hysterectomy at the recommendation of my doctor. The first thing they did is they actually... Um, put in an IUD, which actually made me hemorrhage, oh which then God. pushed me to have um, a hysterectomy. And I voted to keep my ovaries because your ovaries do give hormones um, as you know, you age. And I didn't really want I wasn't ready to like give that all up yet. Um, so uh, and then from there, I just was full blown into menopause. The minute you have a hysterectomy, it's kind of at the age I was at, I just got full blown into hot flashes. Wow. Oh my gosh, like rip your clothes off hot flashes, like I can't control multiple hot flashes, <laughs> trying to get through work, sweating like crazy, trying to, you know, communicate in meetings. And it was just, it was really disruptive in my life. And then I couldn't sleep. And that led to stress, which then led to mood swings, which then, you know, it's kind of a cascading thing where it, yeah. you start on one, it's like a ball of yarn that kind of unravels. 
I have a question. How come that your doctor prescribed an IUD? Like what was the reason for inserting an IUD during that whole process? It's actually, that's a good question. It's very common to have that happen because IUDs have hormones in them. And so they think a lot of times for some women putting in this hormone that gives or this, this IUD that gives them hormones is helpful and can help the um, bleeding um, really subside. But it was the absolute opposite for me. And I knew it in my heart of hearts, even though the doctors were like, no, no, it's not the IUD. It's not. And it sure enough was. 